Hi, it's Amelia here from Undercover Architect. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about what design really is, how it's not about the staging or the styling, and why thinking about design from a styling and staging point of view can be a really unsustainable way of creating a home. So let's dive in. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. This season of Keeping It Real has been brought to you by my online course, Manage Your Build. Look, this online course is all about keeping it real, keeping you with a real understanding of what it's going to be like to see your your new build or your renovation project get constructed on site, how you can work really well with your builder, how you can enter a contract in an informed and knowledgeable way so that you're not signing into something blindly, you're not understanding your obligations, you're not in the position that I see so many homeowners in where there's problems happening on site, they don't understand what's going on, they don't understand why a builder's doing something and there's all of this, these fires that they're trying to put out, problems that they're trying to solve, issues that they're trying to deal with that could have been completely avoided if they had understood what they were signing up to in the first place and they knew how everybody was supposed to behave according to a contract. Unfortunately, some builders don't even understand how to behave according to a contract and what a contract execution in a project looks like. And you know, a lot of the times I see homeowners just trusting that the builder will keep them informed, but not all builders are great. There are some fantastic builders out there. I want to help you find them and you finding them relies on you actually knowing the kinds of questions to ask, the things to look for and how your project should actually operate so that you can then be finding builders who are going to deliver you your home in a way that is well done, well managed, you know, uh, well run and high quality. And so Manage Your Build is about equipping you with this knowledge and information so that you can choose the right builder for you and you can be proactively informed, involved and in control of your project. If you want to check out more information about Manage Your Build, head to www.manageyourbuild.com.au and you can see all that's included and how to join there. Now, this is the last episode of this season, Keeping It Real. I've loved hearing from you, loved hearing how helpful this information has been. It's funny because it's not really something, I suppose, from an architectural education point of view, would traditionally come under the banner of Undercover Architect. And yet, I just felt it was happening so frequently, so often, these conversations around emotions and feelings, uh, the problems that are happening that I see when people get caught up in trying to achieve certain styles, stretching their budgets, not really understanding the reality of real life renovating and building, and just the prevalence of poor quality, incorrect advice that's available out there uh, and that has been dished up to us. And because you've never renovated or built before, you're not able to decipher, sift and filter that this is actually really misleading, that it's mismanaging your expectations and that it's actually can be quite damaging for you in your project. And so for me, I always want to help you be informed and empowered for your project so that you can really enjoy it and you can be who you need to be when building or renovating your home. 
In this episode, I really want to dive into this idea of styling and staging. I find so much of what I see online in uh, industry experts in the way that they present their building or renovation projects and the way they talk about their renovation and building projects and what I see in reality, reality TV is all about that after photo. It's all about the staging of a room, the soft furnishings, the color selections, the artwork, the lighting, all of the layers that go in after the home has been built, the room has been designed, the you know everything's been paid for to get the physical structure actually built that then are presented as the design result and they're presented as the thing that everybody oohs and ahs over and that you you know inevitably collect on your Pinterest boards and that you fall in love with and envisage for your own home. I mean you don't envisage do you an empty room uh, with sliding doors doing something certain or a ceiling a certain height, you envisage a finished room with a sofa in it or with specific colors and soft fabrics and furnishings and you know the bedroom that you've always dreamed of having, the retreat sort of space, the, the kitchen that you really you know always have wanted to cook and entertain in. And I think that that's what's getting presented to you in this reality TV and this online renovating and building world. And it's naturally gonna be the thing that you're drawn to when you're thinking about your finished home. The thing is, I really want you to separate out the idea of styling and staging from design. I talk about you know, design in a lot of different ways inside Undercover Architect. Ultimately for me, it's about how something works and it's about how something functions and how something makes you feel. The best design, as I've said before, does the job so well it just gets out of your way you don't even notice it it's so great and the best design is also not any more expensive it just requires you to make certain decisions at certain points in your project and prioritize those decisions so that you get a well-designed outcome the the design of something is about the shape and the volume and the light and the way it facilitates functionality the way it facilitates your ability to furnish it the way it facilitates the lifestyle that you lead in it, the way it connects you to other spaces in your home, to your family members, to spaces beyond your home, the way that it shapes and frames views, the way that it helps you celebrate uh, the spaces around you, the people that you're with. Design, you know, there's so much that's involved about design. It's literally the crafting of space. It's the you know, one architect, Louis Kahn, actually said light didn't know how amazing it was. I'm paraphrasing here, but he said light didn't know amazing how, how amazing it was until it fell a certain way into a room. And that as designers, we have the opportunity to shape light, to shape space. And for me, that is actually the core of design. It's about, it's about doing these things to facilitate your ability to live in your home the way that you want to and to feel you're in your home the way that you want to. And I, what I've seen time and time again is that when it, it actually, you can layer on the most beautiful soft furnishings, you can layer on the colors and the particular sofa and the artwork, but if the home is not designed well, it will lack soul, it will lack personality. It will, it will feel, those things will feel like a styled veneer that is not authentic and that is not enhancing the actual emotion and feeling of the home itself. And whilst it may look fantastic, it will be a very two-dimensional experience because 
if the design is not working, if the home is still inconvenient, if the home's functionality still frustrates you, uh, you know, you may for a moment feel better about it because the furnishings are lovely and things are working, you know, the, the, everything looks nice, but ultimately the core problems of the house still exist. And design is what solves those problems. Great design solves the problems that we experience every day in our home lives and makes them go away because it makes life simpler and calmer and helps us be more organized and helps us clear room in our head for the things that really matter to us because we're not having to worry about the fact that the kitchen doesn't work functionally or that uh, we just can't supervise our family the way that we need to or we can't all gather together in one space or everything's, you know, house is hot in summer and cold in winter and costing a fortune to heat and cool. All of those normal challenges that, that are the reasons why we build and renovate, they're solved by design and they're not solved by styling, they're not solved by staging, but the styling and the staging is what sells the sizzle. It's what gets presented because it's the ooh and ahable kind of component. It's the thing that we have fallen in love with. It's, it's the aspirational imagery that really attracts us to the end result of our project and how we really envisage, you know, when you can see a, a room that's furnished a beautiful way that you're drawn to and attracted to aesthetically, you can almost picture yourself sitting in a chair and then what all that comes with that, you know, could this actually be a home that because it's so nicely furnished, I don't feel like it's easier to keep clean or I don't have to apologize for the crappy, the daggy sofa or we can all actually all fit on that lounge because it's a lovely big modular sofa or, you know, I might actually get an opportunity to curl up with a book and a cup of coffee and I'm going to have a comfortable place to sit and do it. Now, all of those things can be the things that we think of when we look at the beautifully finished and styled room. Let, you know, and then there's also, of course, all the other layers of, well, it'll actually bring our home up to date. You know, it will look um, of its time. It will, I'll have new things that are more comfortable. Uh, I won't have to look at that inherited piece of furniture or that piece of furniture I've had since I first moved out of home that served a function and really actually frustrates me, but I've not been able to justify replacing it. You know, all of those kinds of things. There's the opportunity when we build or renovate that we can kind of reinvent how we actually picture we want to live, how, what are the things that we want to surround ourselves with, who is the version of ourselves in this new finished home that we want to present to others. And so when we look at these styled images and this, these staged homes, this is the thing that really kind of, I, see, I think, gets the gas going, gets the fire in our bellies and gets us really motivated to go about our projects. Um, but for me, it's not the thing that solves the problems of how we live in our homes and solves the daily lifestyle problems that we have the opportunity to solve when we're building or renovating. And so I really want you to separate out styling from design. And the way that I encourage you to do this is what I see often happen for people is they'll, they'll fall in love with all this imagery and then they'll start down the road of their project and they'll realize how much it's actually going to cost to construct or build or renovate the way that they want to, to create the rooms and the spaces to put all these pretty things in. And then they'll realize they're probably not going to be able to afford to put the pretty things in. And it becomes incredibly frustrating because you feel like it's this constant champagne taste on a beer budget. And, uh, you know, what's the point of me creating this beautiful home if I'm still going to have to put all my old furniture back into it? Um, or we're still, we're not going to be able to afford to furnish it at all. We're going to be hanging sheets on the windows and, you know, and, and yeah, so I see, I see that experience be really demoralizing for people and very, uh, cause a lot of despondency, cause a lot of disappointment 
in the process of renovating and building as you start to become more aware of the things that you're asking for and what that cost is going to be and the realities of construction and the time frames and you know um all of that type of stuff starts kind of coming into play you realize that the sofa you've been lusting over since you've been thinking about this renovation is actually not going to be affordable for you and you know what does that actually mean i see this happen for people and i see them get lost in this disappointment um, and this kind of self-criticism of oh i've got such expensive tastes and i just can't find I can't find how I'm going to do this for the money that I want to spend on it. And then what that pushes you into is obviously trying to piece it together from lower cost items, trying to, you know, you go to Kmart now and look at Kmart and it's packed full of what looks like kind of on-trend designer um, copies and the rate of production of this stuff, the disposable nature of these things that we're putting into our home to achieve that prettiness, that look that we want because we can't afford to do it with the decent quality things, I feel that we're selling ourselves short. What we're actually doing is we're setting ourselves up to have to pay more for it in the long run because we're buying the cheap item that we know won't you know, sustain family life and punishment. And we do that across the board. We do it with the appliances we put in. We do it with the lighting that we choose. We do it with the furniture that we select. We're kind, you know, I saw somebody the other day saying, I want a marble bench top. Can anybody tell me of a cheap way, you know, a cheap stone supplier to do this with because I can't, I can't just, I can't believe how much, you know, it costs to put marble or the marble lookalike that the reconstituted stone um, uh, people do what that actually costs and it's like well hang on you're you're creating a family home you're wanting to put a bench top on it if you choose a cheap low-cost non-performing product that is then going to chip it's going to stain it's going to basically let you down day in day out in its functionality because you wanted this look what do you think you're going to remember you're not going to walk in every day and go oh I just love the way this looks you're going to go oh this is so frustrating that this thing's not performing and it's not it's not standing up to family life it's not standing up to family punishment so I see the same thing happen and what you're ultimately saying is I'm going to buy the low-cost item now knowing I will be paying to replace this sooner down the track so rather than restructuring sort of how you think about things and I'll talk a bit more about this just in budget generally, but I see people time and time again doing this. Oh, this is all I can afford. This is the only option I can afford now. I will buy the cheap option because it'll do. Instead of thinking, okay, what can I do to change the way I'm doing things so perhaps I can afford to invest in a higher quality product? So can I make something smaller? Can I go without something else? Can I go without this thing now until I've saved up some money to include it down the track rather than ultimately paying for it twice? because you've paid for the low cost item. And when you're doing that with kitchens and things like that, that are actually quite, you know, she goes and puts a low cost bench top on that kitchen, puts the splashback on top of it, that bench, and then puts all of her, you know, cooked up into it and a sink into it. And it starts to get stained. It starts to chip on the edges. It starts to chip around the, cu the cutouts for the appliances. Uh, it starts to scratch. It starts to not perform. Pulling that bench top out and reinstalling a new bench top like she's going to damage the splashback. She's going to have to remove all those appliances. Like it's it's a big undertaking. So I think that you really need to think about this. This will do a process because I I think that we deserve better than that when it comes to our homes. I think we get on this kind of roller coaster of it's got to be about more and bigger and better. And 
you know, I really, I question this, this, this thing around better meaning bigger, better meaning more. I think better for me means, you know, better quality, uh, more suitable for your lifestyle, less stressful, uh, and more deserving of the container that you share everyday life with the people you love most and more deserving of you. You know, we've been talking about creating a home that is you worthy. You deserve awesome stuff around you. You deserve more than the thing that is going to break down in 6, 12, 18 months time and then be binned on the side of the road in the next council cleanup. You deserve to wait, you know, delay your gratification for the things that you know are really going to lift your spirit, fill your heart, create joy and feel rewarding to have around you. And I think we get suckered into this styling and staging um, the social media filter, the prettiness of the way building and renovation gets presented to us. And we get really, that's that's becomes what we aspire to. And we lose sight of the fact that what's actually going to help us live in our home is how it functions for us and our family, how it helps us feel and what can we then delay or choose differently or reconsider in order to actually create something that is well designed uh, and works for us rather than it being poorly designed and pretty and not durable. And so if you can afford to do both, if you can afford to have the styling the way that you want to, to choose high quality items that are durable and long lasting, that are sustainable, you know, there's, there's this whole area around the disposability of furniture these days and how much we're getting rid of on a regular basis about what we're literally just chucking out and there's no way it all goes somewhere about just how much is getting created um, and manufactured on a daily basis and and the low expectations we have for the performance around things like I think of my home and I think of some of the items that we have we've got a real mis- mishmash of stuff that's just been collected over the years we've invested in a really comfortable big sofa at, at one point um, that's serving us really well. It's got a leather cover on it and we made sure that, you know, we chose really well for a long-term item. But then there's other things like I've inherited a coffee table from somebody. I've got other bits and pieces. The spare bed in our house is the first bed I bought. It's got a new mattress on it, but it's the first bed I bought when I moved out of home in my 20s. You know, this is the thing for me is that I always look to what I can repurpose. I look to what I can refinish and do and do differently. And if I'm passing something on, where can it go so that it's not just going out onto the curb, um, but it's going to somebody who can use it for something. And I, you know, I think that the more we kind of think about how can we avoid having to pay for something twice? How can we delay our gratification? And how can we really focus on the design of our home? How is our design going to facilitate the functionality of our home and the lifestyle that we lead. One of the things that I get really surprised by is how many homeowners will design floor plans and not draw furniture into them. I see consistently people posting floor plans online and asking for people's feedback and they don't have any furniture drawn in them. And you can immediately see when you draw furniture into them how poorly they'll function as a home. And the thing is, I unfortunately, I see a lot of homeowners not figure out how they're going to furnish their home until they're moving into it. And perhaps sometimes it's because they just planned to buy a whole new house full of furniture. So they figured they'd just get it to suit. 
or they just thought, well, it's going to fit because it's a home and a home's a home. But unless you actually figure out how each space is going to be furnished, you can't then really figure out how you're going to light each space or wherever you're going to put power, how you're going to make you know things functional in that space and how circulation and functionality and flow and all of those things are going to work so that the home is comfortable and doesn't frustrate you. And I find that when homeowners don't think this through, they end up, you can often see that they end up with designs that are really poorly done, that uh, they'll end up weaving in and bumping around furniture. They'll end up looking into a room and seeing the ugliest part of it, like the cluttered bookshelf or, uh, you know, walk into their living space and the first thing on display is the TV um, and all of the electrical gear. And it's, you know, it's all of these choices change the way that you feel in your home. All of these choices evoke a different type of feeling and emotion and connection with home. So if you can, you know, if you can actually think about how is my design going to facilitate the furnishability of my home so that I'm not weaving and bumping into furniture, if I'm getting a new sofa, what sofa is that going to be so I can make sure the home is designed correctly for it? Um, you know, the modular sofas in particular can be really tricky because they can sometimes be fixed on a left right L, left L or a right L, and that can change how it can fit in a room. All of these kinds of details about how you're going to live in the home can get lost because you're so focused on, you're collecting all of the images and the styles and that you like and all that kind of stuff, but you haven't actually thought about the practicalities of those elements in your home and does the design work for them? And how is the design creating the container and the framework for that, that finished kind of aspirational look that you're trying to achieve. So really the design is kind of where it all hangs. And for me, it's where problems get solved, where life gets sorted, where you get to have a home that works for you. And it's not about the styling or the staging. There are a couple of more things that I want to say about this. I think I could, you know, talk a lot and probably say same kind of things over and over. I think you either get this or you don't. I find that some homeowners really get quite irksome when I, um, irksome, is that a word? Um, get quite confronted when I talk about this because this is ultimately what they're wanting. They're wanting the beautiful home. They're seeing those beautiful aspirational images. It's the whole reason why they're renovating a building. And so for me to sort of talk about, look, at the end of the day, it, it's great but it's not what is actually going to create your home. It's not when it's not what's going to create the way your home feels. That can feel quite frustrating because you're like, well, that's actually what I'm trying to create here. That's what I'm trying to achieve. Um, what are you telling me? But for me, I hope that those of you who are perhaps getting disappointed by the mismatch between, you know, your champagne tastes and your beer budget, or perhaps I actually hope that it liberates you to realize that you don't have to create this perfect packaged, styled, staged home in order to have a great home, okay? You can have an organized, calm, peaceful, functional, beautiful feeling home without it being decked out with the latest trends, the most beautiful interior design, the perfect sofa, the soft furnishings, all those types of things, the right throw cushion, the right, you know, rug, like all of these things, they're, they're icing on the cake, those choices and those selections, they're the layers that get added on after to beautify what is already beautiful. And to me, they're an enhancement and they're not the solution. And the enhancement only works if the design works. If the enhancement is being treated as the solution and the design doesn't work, it's going to look great, 
but it's not going to function well for you and it's going to frustrate you on a daily basis. I think too one of the reasons that this styling and staging stuff has gained such traction is because it, it is so prevalent in our reality TV and our online spaces. It's made very accessible. You know, um, there's a lot of people who have very natural talent, aren't trained at all, but are just have a very keen eye, very great. They're just great at piecing together a room so it looks lovely and, uh, and you know, is arranged really well. And I see a lot of um, stylists and home stages being able to teach you quite formulaically how to get this working in your own home as well. So in terms of it being translatable information, I see that working, you know, whereas telling somebody about how to design their home when sites vary so much, and individual needs and climates vary so much and budgets vary so much it's not quite as formulaic there are parts of it that are formulaic but overall you're still kind of having to innovate a solution for your specific site and so I think that that's probably why styling and staging also has traction because it does feel accessible it feels like look I can look at that color selection and I can piece together you know the materials and the fabrics and I can I know the shop that I can go and get that from and all of those types of things start to matter then in terms of your ability and your enthusiasm about how you can translate this to your own experience. So yeah, it does It does then end up kind of coming into all of that process when you're building or renovating. It just naturally comes into your goals and your experiences overall. The trick is obviously in seeing that it's not the be all and end all and that unless the design is right, it can be quite meaningless and that getting the design right is where I'd really encourage you to invest your energy and attention and focus and also getting educated around the, the what what is involved in getting the design right and getting the right team around you is a really great process as well. And so when you start seeing all of the reality TV and the online experts sharing all of this styling and st- styling and staging, by all means, take on that advice. Think about how you're going to budget those choices and selections into your overall budget how you're going to make sure that you don't run out of money so that you can have the selections that you want and try to avoid going with lower cost options to just gratify yourself immediately because you know that down the track you're going to have to replace those items anyway and you'll end up having to pay for things twice and it'll be frustrating as well. Now, lastly, I just wanted to mention uh, there's a couple of things that from the Design Mum book that I wanted to mention. So I've been talking about Design Mum, Gabrielle Stanley Blair, through the course of this episode, these episodes and she had this fantastic quadrant design. She had a quadrant in her book and, and it was looking at the items around your house and being able to assess them as to whether they, you know, which quadrant they sat in. So it was looking at things that were beautiful and not useful, beautiful and useful, uh, useful and not beautiful and, and not beautiful and not useful. So it was sort of looking at these quadrants and saying how things could be categorized. And she was saying, ideally, you should have around you things that are beautiful and useful. And then next cab off the rank is useful and not beautiful. And then sometimes it's nice to have special little things around you that may be beautiful, but not useful. And then the things that are not beautiful and not useful, get rid of them. And I think this idea of having some intentionality and ability to assess the things that you are surrounding yourself with every day in the selections and the choices that you make is about honoring yourself. It's about honoring what is you worthy. What is about you that deserves to have this beautiful environment where you have things that are functional, things that work, things that are durable, things that you love, 
you know, and I find that when you love something, when you fall in love with it, it doesn't matter if it's on trend or not, you generally do love it. I have things that I've owned for years that I just love. They don't make sense. I just love, I cannot conmari them and they're sentimental and they're nostalgic and they're all the things that you're not supposed to hang on to if you're living a minimalist lifestyle. I just love them. They're just beautiful. They're not useful, but they're beautiful. And so those things I know hold a special place. And then I have lots of useful and not beautiful things. And then I have some things that are beautiful and useful. And I hope as time goes by, I will have more beautiful and useful things. But for me, we live in our homes over a long time. And I always assess these things for homeowners about, you know, like you have other things in your life to invest in. Like you're making a choice to invest money here. What are you then making a choice to not invest money in? And when we look at these styled and staged rooms, we often forget that the cost of achieving that is going to take that energy and money and effort away from somewhere else. And I was chatting to some fantastic um, architect and, uh, architect and a building scientist this morning from Lighthouse Architecture and Science. And they were talking, you know, Sarah, who's their lead architect, was saying, you know, she'll often say to people, you want this extra bedroom that's going to be, say, $40,000, the interest that you'll pay on that in the mortgage uh, what what will that mean in terms of what choices you don't get elsewhere? Will you have to retire later? Can you not afford the family holidays that you want? You know, all of all of these things, we forget that when we're diverting funds into these finished projects and into these, you know, beautiful homes that we're trying to create for ourselves, we're taking funds away from other things. And I'm, I'm finding lots of homeowners now are being really meaningful and intentional about this. They're realizing, no, I want to be able to afford an annual holiday with my family. I don't want to have to work until I'm 70. I, I want to be able to work part-time by the time I'm, you know, X number of years. And the choices that you make about how you invest in your home and where you invest really can significantly impact this. And so I'd really encourage you, focus on design. Those aspirational images are beautiful, but they come at a cost. They won't, they won't, they will not, uh, they will not fix a poorly designed home and and a, de- a well-designed home is what a you-worthy home is all about. Now, before I sign off, I did want to read this beautiful quote, a couple of quotes actually from Design Mum. There's a, there was a couple of things in her, in her um, book that I just thought were so worth sharing. And the one of them was the fact that I do see homeowners feel like this is going to be the last... Ho- Thing that they ever do for their home. This is going to be the last time that they ever spend money on their home. This is the last little bit of work they ever want to do. Not little bit of work, big bit of work. But I find that it's it's rare that when you're renovating or building, this will be the last bit of money you ever spend. And there will always be something down the track that you can change or fix up or redo. And in this desperate search to create a finished home, we're trying to make it done forever. You know, we're trying to make it sorted so that we just never have to think about it again. And yet life changes, you know, needs change. You can try and design in all these things and there are things that you can design in to help you manage the flexibility of life and the changes of life over time. So a home suits your family over the long term. But if you can kind of just let go of this idea that it needs to be done, it needs to be perfect, it needs to be the, the you know, packaged up with a bow on it kind of beautiful project the minute that every that the, you hand, you know handed the key by the builder and you walk in i think you'll lower your stress levels i think you'll relinquish some of that need to kind of really get it right and really be hanging on to that okay and so one thing that gabrielle said was i also know that the practice of living a well-designed life with kids one or six or however many happen to be running through your house is a continual effort the system that works for your family today 
might not work tomorrow. When the piano lesson schedule changes or when summer vacation starts, I find that incredibly comforting. It means that there is no due date for my house or your house to be done. There is no to-do list of tasks I have to accomplish right away to make sure my home is wonderful. I can implement one idea today, solve a recurring problem tomorrow, and over time create an inviting haven that makes for the best sort of family memories. And for me, I thought that was just such a beautiful way of capturing the fact that our homes are not done in the same way that our lives are not done. Things change and flow and ebb and uh, we should really look for the flexibility to be able to build that opportunity into our homes so that we can always make sure that they're you worthy. The last thing I wanted to read was again from Gabrielle. Making a beautiful, happy home is not about what we don't have or what we want to buy. It's all about what we do have and how incredibly priceless it all is. It's about how we spend the days we're given with this family of ours and making the home we share a place our kids will love to describe to our grandchildren. It's about making our kids' memories delightful. And yeah, I'm getting all emotional about it because I think that's like we say home is where the heart is and then we lose it. We lose that feeling because we get caught up in the consumerism and the you must have this in order to be complete. You must have this in order to measure up. And we just get lost. We just get lost in the all the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds and the aspirational imagery that gets thrown at us through all of the channels that we're exposed to. And ultimately, this is about creating a home that works for us and our family and that helps us create beautiful memories together. And I see time and time again, when people focus on this with intention, when they focus on creating this, you know, this family home that works, is comfortable, is convenient, you know, really enriches your lifestyle and helps you feel great. You see homeowners talk about how it's helped their family be more harmonious. It's helped them be more calm, more peaceful, more organized. It's helped them feel like a better parent, a better friend. You know, it's it's helped them relax in their home and be more confident about having people over. This is not about the frou-frou and the pretty sofa and the right paint color. This is about comfort and functionality and about getting it right. And so before I sign off this season, I just want to encourage you to hang on to that. Okay, really, you know, that time and time again, I have I have homeowners tell me that they come back to why are we doing this? Why are we why are we embarking on this? And it's all about us being able to share beautiful times together and create happy memories with our family. And if you can hang on to that, you will find that a lot of this stuff, this this stuff that we get exposed to will fall away. And you will be creating a home that is authentically you, that is your style, your personality, is beautifully about you and your family and is you worthy. I really hope that you've enjoyed this season. It's taken a lot of bravery for me to bring it to you, um, but the feedback has just been lovely. And I really hope that you can keep revisiting it every time you might get off track, get a little bit lost uh, in the weeds of your project and really be heartened by what is possible uh, and and the opportunity that you have, the beautiful opportunity that you have uh, now that you're embarking on a building and renovation project. As always, it's a true privilege and an honour to share this with you every week. And I thank you so much for listening, for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next season, bye. Bye.